For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from the Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store. So everybody that's watching on Facebook right now has seen one of the most incredible disasters of all time when it comes to radio faux pas and mistakes. For those of you listening on armedradioglobal.com or Armed Radio or any of the other channels that this is on, heard around the world, I'm a jackass, for the record. I am somebody that basically needs a, um, what's the word? I need a freaking babysitter. I'm 38 years old and I need a babysitter. And I need somebody more or less to wipe my butt. I swear to you, I'm like, I can do one thing and that's talk. And, and, and I'm a pretty good listener too, but I can talk. When it comes to organizing and setting things up and anything that is like requires a, a attention and focus, I'm all over the place. So basically, guys, what you've just experienced is the world's greatest train wreck for an opening of a radio show. But guess what? I don't freaking care because I got the microphone and I'm grateful that you are here today and I'm grateful that you put up with me. I'm telling you right now, this show is called Morning Gratitude with the Mayor, but I'm telling you right now that it also should say, Josh the train wreck, and and like this kind of stuff is going to happen. I'm going to spill coffee on my computer. I'm going to fart in the microphone, and it's just going to be chaos. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty of this show is that there's going to be chaos, and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on this platform right now talking to all of you people on Facebook, all of you people all over the world. This is something I've dreamed about my entire life. So if you think technical difficulties are going to stop me, you're insane. Because trust me, I've been through worse. So this is a blessing. So I'm not even going to sweat that this just happened. I'm not even going to sweat that I just made an ass out of myself on Facebook Live. But I don't care. I don't care because I'm grateful to be here. And that's the freaking point of the show. It's gratitude. It's finding gratitude when S hits the fan. It's finding gratitude when your life feels like it sucks. It's finding gratitude when you feel like you want to put a bullet in your head. It's doing that because that's what the show is. It's going to be real. I'm going to cry on air. I'm going to get upset. I'm going to get pissed off. I'm going to say things that I may regret. It's going to happen because somebody decided that it was a good idea to put a microphone in front of my face. Whatever. We're doing this anyway. I'm excited to be here. Dad Gummit, this is Morning Gratitude with the Mayor. I want to, and we're coming from San Diego, this lovely, beautiful place called San Diego, a place where dreams can come true because somebody gave me this opportunity and my dream came true. So I am so thankful to be here. I want to give a shout out really quick to Joe and Mary. Uh, Joe Rocks, thank you so much from Arm Radio. I appreciate this opportunity. I'm sorry that my intros are still butchered, but we're going to get it figured out. It's a work in progress, baby. And then we're going to the prime time. Anyway, I want to give a shout out to SoCo Cannabis Creations. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. You guys can use promo code LIVEMANA, that's L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A, 
and save 10% and get free shipping. I'm grateful for all of you being here. If you guys are wanting to see the show and see what this chaos looks like, check out Joshua T. Berglund on Facebook. Look up Morning Gratitude with the Mayor. It's pretty simple. It's like doing a Google search, but you just put it into Facebook. You can find us. If you're listening on Armed Radio, hey, you know what? Go to Facebook, too. Listen. Look at me. It's all good. But we are grateful that you're here, and I'm so grateful to have this opportunity. And anyway, so with all that said... I am so stoked about this guest. I, I am, I'm, I'm lividly excited. Is that a word? Is lividly excited a word? I don't even know. Anyway, the point is that I'm excited. And here's why I'm excited. So it is, you guys on Armed Radio have no, you know nothing about me. And the, those of you on the Facebook audience, you know very, very little because we've only been together for a few months. But my life was an utter wreck for a long time. I had a lot of things that happened to me, and then I started self-inflicting uh, a lot of damage to my life. We will go through those stories as we get to know each other. We're not doing it today. It's not the time. That said, I have a very, very, very compassionate soul for addicts. I have a very – anyone that battles anything, anyone that struggles with just hurting and being broken, if you've been abused, if you've been – butchered if you've abused yourself i have a heart for you i have a heart for all addicts i have a heart for all broken people because i was one of those people i'm not now but i was and anyone that takes on the fight to fight addiction to empower family members that deal with addicts for people that experience addiction themselves anyone who takes up that fight moves to the front of the line in, 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 in my world of respect. So with that said, I have an amazing guest and I'm going to butcher her name. <laughs> so, and I love Russians too. I, I, I swear to you, I have so many Russian friends and um, no, don't send the FBI after me. I, I'm not that kind of Russian friends. I just have lovely American Russian friends that are, you know, doing good in the world and are not bad people. Anyway, I have an amazing guest. Um, Leanna Olbinski. Did I say it right? You said it exactly right. Maybe I am Russian after all. Uh, listen, I... <laughs> so first of all, thank you so much for joining the show. Th I mean, in all seriousness, uh, thank you for putting up with that train wreck that happened like, at the beginning of the show. But it's going to happen, right? Um, it, but life happens. Yeah, it definitely yeah. broke the ice cream. I was like, oh my God. Talk it, talk in your microphone. <laughs> can, can, there you go. Okay. So first things first, guys, uh, welcome everyone. Jessica, Catherine, Mary, Mike, Jessica, everybody that's watching, Brandon, Rachel, Taz, Catherine, uh, everybody watching on Facebook right now. Welcome to the show. Welcome to everyone listening on armed radio. Um, this is the train wreck known as Morning Gratitude with the Mayor, and we are with an amazing guest, Leanna Olbinski. So, Leanna, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful. Is there still an echo? No, you're better now. So much better. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I'm grateful that I have a purpose, or I feel that I have a purpose. It's um, what drives me every day. Um, because my dad is my whole world, and 
when I lost him, I, I thought about losing him about five years ago. I started thinking about it. And I thought that I wouldn't be able to live if I lost him. So when I think about like how I'm getting through every day and how I'm able to share my story and not fall apart completely, it's because um, I know that I have a purpose to share our story. And similarly, when um, at his funeral, I knew that I'd give the eulogy and I was sure that I was going to break down and not be able to do it. And I got on the stage and I was able to share everything I wanted to without breaking down. And I feel that because I knew that I had to get the story out, that's why I was able to do it. So I'm very grateful that my dad gave me this purpose to share our story and help other people. Now, did you battle addiction too, or were you merely the caretaker through all of this? Um, I've never struggled with addiction. Um, so when I do talk about addiction, it sounds like I've gone through it, but that's merely because I've put myself in my dad's shoes. So, um, no, I've never struggled with addiction. It was um, my dad that struggled with addiction. Uh, well, I, and I, I am... Like, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss, first and foremost. And there's, I know I'm looking at the people that are here right now watching, and I know a lot of them have experienced people with, with, that have, you know, law, uh, lost their lives due to addiction. And whether it was suicide, overdoses, or just, you know, they've just destroyed their health. Um, I, the, it, 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 it's, it's a humbling thing for me because I, there's often times that I feel like I don't deserve to be here. My life was spared because I flirted with the devil a lot. And I was so blessed and fortunate to have people around me that cared enough to constantly uplift me in, in prayer and not give up on me. So I, I kind of want to go right to it and, 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 and ask you, where did you find hope? and encouragement in those in, in dealing with your father like what kept your attitude positive where you were willing to take on that fight to be there for him and now you're fighting on behalf of other addicts and their families yeah so i'd love to share with you where it all really started please do so, um my dad had addicts um so i didn't know that when I was seven, I moved to Boston to live with him and my mom. And um, for about seven years, I had no idea that he was a recovering addict. He was my best friend. He took me to a Britney Spears concert. Mind you, he's <laughs> a giant, scary, Russian, hairy man. Like, he's so scary looking. You would never think that this scary, big, scary Russian would be taking his daughter to Britney Spears. So we were just best friends. And then when I was 13, he relapsed because my grandmother got sick with cancer and that was his best friend. So he um, started doing crack cocaine. And when I first found out, um, I was in the car with him and he was so paranoid that someone was following him. I looked behind and I was like, Dad, there's not even anyone behind me. And he was like, yes, there is. Then it started clicking that something was happening. He stopped going to work. 
um, he would lock himself in the bedroom. It started smelling funny. Um, and then I started finding tin foil around the house. And I was 13 and anxiety. Um, I started feeling bad about myself. I couldn't even bring myself to eat. Um, I lost so much weight that in order to keep my pants on at the smallest size, I had to wear two pairs of pants. It wasn't an eating disorder at all. It was literally the stress I felt was keeping me from eating. So um, to deal with all of the anxiety and the pressure and not being able to tell anyone for fear of being taken away, I started writing. So I started writing in this online journal that was private about how I wanted to commit suicide. And I was 13 years old and I thought, I don't want to live. Like, I I started my, like, realizing my dad had an addiction, feeling angry, feeling disappointed, feeling like it was really my fault that I couldn't stop this from happening. So I wrote about this, but with every journal entry, I ended it by saying, you know, maybe there's hope out there. And when my dad was um, at around 13, 14, like after a year of this, he started to become sober. Um, and he asked, he sat me down and he really just looked me in the eyes and said, I'm so sorry. I want to hear what you're going through. And that's when I had the idea, you know, like, Maybe I should share these blogs with him. So I read them to him, everything about wanting to commit suicide, about not knowing how to feel, but how much I loved my dad and I missed him. Um, we cried together for about two hours. And he said, Nana, will you print these out? And I said, yeah. And so... The next day he came to me and said, I brought these letters to an NA meeting and you could hear a pin drop on the floor and everyone there was in tears. And from that day, that's when I knew from such a young age, I knew that I had purpose and that I needed to let people know that they can feel loved and that, that there's hope. And so that's really where it started. And from there, I've been blogging for 12 years about addiction, about um, the growth of my dad and I's relationship. I um, I looked at some of your blogs, and I, I, I by, out of habit, I do not do a lot of research on any of the guests. I mean, I, I, I kind of follow them to wait, see what they're all about, and but I try not to do too much digging because I want my natural curiosity to take over the questions, but I couldn't help but look at your blogs and find so much like joy, but sadness in them. And, and it's so, I I don't even have the vocabulary to describe like what that is, but it just seems like that is the life of, of the family for an addict is that, you know, you find joy and hope. And when, when the addict shows a sign of like, Hey, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to be who I really were meant to be. And then, so there's a lot of joy in that and, and happiness. And then the heartbreak of when there's a relapse and you never know when the last relapse will be. Um, 
I just, I, I commend you for doing that because it takes a lot. Um, I mean, 12 years you've been blogging and, and writing and offering hope to so many people. What, what would you say would be the source that you go to, to draw that inspiration and, 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 and the desire to keep putting these messages out? My dad. <laughs> it's all my dad. I mean, the love my dad had for me is something that people need to understand. And we need to give a different face to addiction. And my dad is a perfect example of that. Because um, by society standards, my dad can be labeled as a criminal for serving most of his life in prison and as an addict. But that's not who my dad is to me. Um, I actually keep his book of letters that he wrote to me while he was in prison on me at all times, and I'm going to publish this. But if you take a look at this criminal and the thing they write, and how he's just so caring and just understands the world way better than anyone would think, it really makes you understand better that addiction isn't what it seems to be and that everyone deserves to have um, their story told and not just be labeled. Would you read, would you read a story? Do you mind reading one of the letters? I would love to. Um, I was reading this earlier and I didn't make it through without crying. So I'm going to try and make it through this. Cry on the show. It's welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I may cry with you. (laughs) It's a very touching letter that he wrote. Um, I just got very sad that everyone that knows you, that I might meet down the road, will look at me with an opinion of what I really am. It is embarrassing for me to look at people, you know, look at them in the eyes and tell to myself that I failed you as a father and I will never get another opportunity to be there at your graduation and all the things that I wanted to be at so bad. Maybe that is the price that I have to pay. I hate myself so much sometimes. I look for ways that I can escape that feeling that I get. There is only so much that I get. I am so afraid not to make things even worse. I want to be there for you so bad. I know that you will need me. And that what I put in my baby. I have to swallow my pride and be the goat. There is a What is important in life? What is there for me left to do in this situation? How can I be of help to you? No matter what happens or what I do, my love for you is one constant. The truth hurts. It hurts me so bad that I just want to disappear. I hate myself, and it is an awful feeling. My only true joy in life is when I hear your successes, and when I talk to you, it's like I don't even want to stop talking to you. I love you, my baby. Please forgive me. I do not want to list or count what I did or tried to do. For you, none of that matters. I know somewhere, somehow, I did something right. Please never forget that I love you as much as it is possible to love, and I don't care what anyone thinks. I am here for you, 
whatever you need. I hope you know that. You have to feel that. My goal in life now is to add a happy chapter at the end of your story. And that is the story. And then it says, love always, God bless, Daddy. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, and just being transparent, that, um, that rocks my world. Um, oh, wow. Um, I, it's in hearing that it was like, I was, it's like hearing my own voice and, um, <laughs> just that there's that, you know, like the, the true sense of who you are and, 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 and the, the love and, and you do and the addict and the, and the broken soul, it's not just addicts, the bro- a broken soul, like they do love and they want to love and they genuinely care but that sometimes they don't know how and it's because they don't know how to love themselves and just hearing that it, it reminds me of like you know I, I I've been to jail six times <laughs> and the first five it was like I was angry and and pissed off and like I don't belong here and I did the sixth time and I when I thought that I was going to be there for a long time um, I remember having those thoughts and just going, this is the last memory my, my, my daughter and my twins are going to have of me. And like, how do I rectify this? And honestly, it's what led to my shouting match with God, with God, which ultimately left, led me to giving my life to Christ. But I was lucky to get another chance. Uh, that one that I don't feel like I necessarily deserve. Um, I just, I, I don't even know what the heck I'm trying to say. I'm just trying, I, 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 I hearing your dad's words. Um, I just, I, I guess what I'm trying to suggest is that everyone out there listening, including you, your father did love you. You're a- absolutely loved you with all his heart and, and everyone out there that has dealt with an, an, an addict parent, or, or loved one, they love you. They just don't necessarily know how and, and, or they don't know how to fully express it or show it. And, and maybe, and they don't love themselves enough to know that they can turn their life around and, and change. And, um, man, I, I, I thank you for reading that well, so thank much. You. Thank you for having me share and what you were saying about how you don't feel that. Maybe you deserved a second chance. That's exactly how my dad felt. He just didn't think he deserved it. But the truth is that everyone deserves to feel loved and to love themselves. And that is hard for an addict, Um, someone recovering. You know, it's a disease. And no one deserves to feel that. It's their fault. And no one deserves to hate themselves. It's just such an awful feeling. And every time my dad wrote to me, that he hated himself, it broke me, but I knew I couldn't change it because I told him every day I loved him. Yeah, so I hope that maybe with my story, someone will learn to love themselves. For sure. So tell us, like, what are you doing? Like, I know you have the website and blog, but what other things are you doing to work with other addicts? 
I mean, do you have a bit, you have a business that you're working with addicts? What, what all, what all are you doing? Yeah. So I'm an ambassador for, um, Shatterproof, which is a um, nonprofit that volunteers to help with addicts. And right now I'm focusing on my blogging and writing my book, but, um, I hope that as I continue, I get to work face to face and at events locally to help other people that are struggling that mean words of encouragement or just someone to be there. Right. Wow. That is uh, quite the undertaking. And, and it's, it's strange because like what, do you just not have an addictive personality or did that experience with your father just turn you completely away from it? Like how did you avoid falling into some of these same traps? Yeah. I, I think that, um, do as I say, not as I do. My dad lived that. <laughs> yeah. My dad, like seeing it, first of all, made me realize this isn't what I wanted to do. In high school, I never once went to a party. I never felt pressured by peer pressure. And that's just because I saw what my future could be um, if I did go down that path. And it was just something that never really you know, attractive me, but I don't know. Sometimes I do think that if, um, if my dad wasn't addicted to drugs, maybe I would go down that path. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm really thankful that my dad showed me what he did. Um, Karen says living with an addict is like living with two different people. You start to live for the days where you see a glimpse of the person you love come through. Eventually, if they don't get proper help, the person you love slips completely away. God, how true. Cindy said the remedy for addiction is loving social interaction, not isolation. Isolation feeds addiction because the root of addiction is self-centeredness. What that's yeah, that's a that's a mouthful. Um there somebody have you ever seen the mouse study? About when they put the the mice in isolation and then they have the, the heroin bottle they can go to and yeah. then they have the ones where they put them out in the community, that like that is that there's some truth to that. Have you what do you what are your thoughts on that study? The, this is the study where they showed that people uh, mice that have other people around them don't end up getting addicted. Right, right. That one. Yeah. I um, think that study is very interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, I totally, I agree. I just, um, I don't know. I think that um, having a community is really important. Having someone to lean on and people that won't judge you is really important. So I can understand how that study um, showed those results for sure. I wish I and it's I, all these studies and the research has been done over times over time. There's so many new methods that people are going about. So, like, for instance, I an advocate for cannabis, um, like cannabis helped me get off of. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, at one not I wasn't taking nine meds at one time, but I, I had taken over nine med, different medications basically for bipolar, uh, depression, um, PTSD. And like, it was just this series of things that I'm taking these crazy narcotics for that completely altered 
my ability to feel normal. And yeah. so it, all it did was make me want to do cocaine more. Um, and like, and I did a lot of it and, you know, I tried to supplement, uh, cannabis in at one time, but I was taking psychiatric meds at the same time. And that made me w- wig the F out. I mean, I freaked out when I did it and, and that's, and it was extreme. I, I, I didn't really understand it at the time. Well, now since then I've gotten off of every medication that I took and I've used cannabis. It helps me I do, at night. I don't have to take a sleeping pill anymore. Um, I feel normal when I wake up. I'm refreshed. I'm not, I don't have a hangover from the sleeping meds. And for the most part, I'm able to manage my bipolar disorder and other issues and ADHD relatively well because I'm not taking these other crazy drugs. And that's been a source of a lot of controversy in the the rehabilitation recovery world is that people look at cannabis as a drug. And I guess it is, but it's also saving a lot of lives. Right. What is your opinion about cannabis being used to help help people detox off of narcotics? I am not a I've never personally um, smoked weed or taken edible anything like that personally, but um, I think that it does help people and it's natural. So I don't see anything. I think the worst thing is getting getting off of um, opiates and then going to, you know, you have to take the sleeping pills. And that's something I saw with my dad. He stopped doing um, heroin and then he started self-medicating because he didn't know how else to become sober. He knew that if he did heroin, that it would really hurt me. So then he used, you know, the, excuse, well, the doctor prescribed me these, or I have a prescription to this, you know? So it was, it became kind of like, how many, how many pills can I get? And that could be a problem. Um, so for, I think that cannabis is a lot different than that. And I would totally see the benefits of that more so than being prescribed 10 other medications to defer. Oh, it's, it's, it's insane. I remember when I was in my, it was during my first marriage, um, that I wrecked the, um, I was abusing cocaine. I was like five days a week using it and hiding it. And I would just disappear and not show up and not come home. And I remember in druggy logic going, Oh, I'll just say that I'm using pain pills. (laughs) <laughs> like, like that's, that's a better thing. I mean, oh my God, that logic is terrible because it's just, it, 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 it's poison. And that stuff makes me crazy too. But like, I justified it by saying, oh yeah, it was prescribed to me. I mean, it was, but that wasn't the issue. The issue was that I was consuming everything in my path to make me escape the reality I was trying to escape. I hated my life and I wanted to die. And it's, it's an awful way to live. It's an awful way. And I, and I keep thinking to myself throughout this journey that I've been on the last two years, God, why'd I have to make it so hard? (laughs) I mean, 
Going back to the root issue, that was what was wrong with me and, and what was the source of my anger and rage and hate. It was like looking back at it now, it just seems so easy to fix that. I'm like, wow, did I really have to hurt that many people? Did I have to really break my mom's heart that much? Did I have to hurt the people that believed in me? Did I have to break my daughter's heart? And it's, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm not, if you guys are anyone out there that's just battling something, and we all are battling something, but how we choose to take on that battle is key. Um, I just encourage people to have a voice. If you're hurting and if you're struggling with something, don't keep it inside. That's the worst thing you can do because it'll poison your soul. And when you poison your soul, you become a very unpredictable, dangerous person. So I encourage you, if you're listening and you're struggling, please seek help. Seek help. Um, Every person that I've ever met that struggles with addiction, they're the most passionate people. They have the biggest hearts. Um, I always hear amazing stories and amazing ambitions and so much love in their stories. And, um, you know, they're very passionate people. And writing definitely helped my dad. Um, There was never a day that went by that my dad didn't tell me how much he loved me. And um, although he claims that he was absent from my life or whatnot, what really got me through all those times is that he always reminded me and apologized and was honest and like very raw with me about how he was feeling. And um, from the letter I read to you, how he said that he was really disappointed in himself for not being at my graduation. This is how much my dad really left an impact on me. Um, This is my graduation. I held up his photo the whole time while I was graduating. And, you know, that was because my dad was always with me in my heart. And since he couldn't be there physically, he was still with me. And that comes from being honest and just, you know, loving me. What advice can you give? Um, again, I mean, there's, there, I guarantee you there's someone that's listening on armed radio right now or somebody that's watching on Facebook Live that is, is the child of an addict or the brother or sister of an addict. What advice can you give them, whether it's encouraging or just what advice in general could you offer them? Yeah. I'd love to give, um, I actually have a few steps that as I reflected on how I was able to manage our relationship, um, that I was able to do it. So I'd love to share with you. Um, First, I must say that there's no absolute right way. And I'm not the person to say that there's one way to handle a situation. Everyone's situation is different. My dad definitely like, he was my best friend who loved me a lot and I was safe. I felt safe around him. So, but, um, the first step is to put yourself in their shoes. Um, just think about how you speak to them when they're, um, recovering 
and you want to give them all the advice and tell them exactly how they made you feel, just think about what they're going through and the feelings of coming to and realizing that you did actions that they don't even remember, you know, like you don't know how they're feeling. So to say you did this to me, it can really come off hurtful. One example for this step is that um, the year before, over the summer, my dad called me and we talked for an hour on the phone, but most of it was him sleeping. He kept nodding off in the middle of the conversation. And it hurt so bad because I felt like every time he nodded off that he was dying. It felt like I was losing him over and over again. And I didn't hang up and I just stayed on the phone with him. And then I said, Dad, I had to go. And he said, okay, and hung up. The next day he texted me and he said, Nina, you haven't talked to me in over two weeks. What's going on with you? And right then I could have been angry and I could have been like, we talked yesterday, you were high or like, accusing him but instead of doing that I just said hi daddy I love you so much we talked on the phone yesterday um for a little bit um and that was it and then he texted me back I didn't have to be judgmental I didn't have to rub it in his face or make him feel bad and he texted me back and the first thing he said was I don't even remember and he and then he texted me and he said I feel so awful and that wasn't purpose to make him feel awful but he realized that on his own the mistake he made I didn't need to rub it in his face so that's right. step number one you had to put yourself in your shoes number two is managing your emotions this <laughs> happens you know when you find out someone's relapsing you get angry you feel betrayed you feel angry and disappointed and then they become uh, they start recovering and then you give and you give and you exhaust yourself and absorbing all these amazing moments, which is great. But then when the relapse happen again, you're putting yourself in this dangerous roller coaster of emotions. Um, so trying to find how to balance those emotions is really important. So the way I balance those emotions is setting personal boundaries. So when my dad was in prison for this past time, it was five years of being in prison. And I wrote myself a letter, which is on my blog, about how I was going to react if he relapsed, about how I was going to handle his addiction, um, about the words I'd choose, um, because words can really damage someone recovering. Like, one time I thought it was a good idea while he was in prison to say, um, to say that I'm not going to have a relationship with relapse. And that was the biggest mistake because it really stuck with him and he got so scared and so nervous and that put a lot of pressure on him. So I changed that completely. Um, so being able to know how you're going to handle everything is important. Um, setting morals is really important. And for addicts, the morals you're dealing with are so different than a normal relationship. If my dad wasn't struggling with addiction, I'd be there every second. I'd give up everything. I'd give him all my money. That's how much I love him. And it was so hard to have to say, I'm not going to 
give you everything. I'm not going to be there every second of every day because I knew that wasn't healthy, but for other situations, it's a lot different. So you have to understand that your morals and your values with someone addicted to drugs is going to be different than a normal relationship. So um, the last step is to write um, from the book of letters that I have with my dad and from the way I learned to manage everything was to write everything down that you're feeling and write a letter to your loved one. All those feelings of anger that you feel in your head, when you start writing, you realize it's out of love. You realize that it's love that you're actually feeling. So um, whether you send the letter or not, having those down, you'll realize that you're more positive than you thought you were. And if the letter ends up being something positive, you should send it to that person and show them that you really do care. So those are um, my top. I, those are amazing. And the, and here's the thing. They're not three that I've ever heard before, which <laughs> is a good thing. I think um, Taz says ultimatums, ultimatums don't work with addicts only leads to disappointment. Dad gum, right? Patience mm-hmm. is paramount. Um, Lena, Robert, Taz, uh, great seeing you guys. Catherine, uh, Catherine says, I can feel your psychic pain, Leanne. This was truly a huge load on your 13-year-old shoulders. Thank God you still believed in hope. Uh, Taz also says, Big Pharma creates customers, not cures. That's very true. Parnell says, thanks for sharing. Your story is strong. Um, Love the mouse study. And then, of course, Mary, Shatterproof, Rising Hope. Um, you're a beautiful, blessed woman, Leanna. Thank you for them words. Uh, that's from Robert. Wow. You were really resonating with people. Um, and I just want to give a shout out really quick, uh, to the audience at armed radio, uh, armed radio global. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, if you want to see what's happening on the show, please join morning gratitude with the mayor on Facebook and, or just look up Joshua T. Berglund and you will see us. Leanne, um, I, uh, Leanna, sorry, not Leanne. Um, this is this is heavy. I mean, this is heavy, and yet here you are with so much joy, radiating hope. And if anything that I, I there's so much to take out of this, and your steps, the work, your blog, and I'm going to make sure that we post your blog um, on, um, on in the comment section. And it's also in the um, in the profile, like the, in, in the area that it's basically promoting the show. You can see her website where you can click the link. I'm telling you right now that the, I looked over some of the blogs and I was just wow. I mean, you're an amazing writer. I actually want to know where you where you learned how to write because it's 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just doing an amazing work, and I'm just so grateful for people like you because I feel like. You can inspire other, you know, family members or friends of addicts that not to give up hope and where to find joy and, and that you can do something, you know, and it's not, you're not powerless, but the way that we've been trying to attack addiction and the way that we've tried to support addicts has probably been completely wrong. So I love what you're doing. So what, let, 
What type of support have you gotten or do you are you currently getting that's allowed you to move forward with a relentless tenacity in in your pursuit to help addicts and other addicts uh, or f- family members of addicts? Like what kind of did you go to courses? Did you go to Al-Anon? What, what did you do? I don't know if that's the right answer, but it always comes back to my dad. <laughs> um, uh, my dad was always my biggest support and what inspires me with everything. So um, I hope to speak at Al-Anon meetings and to be face-to-face and help in that way. But most of my support always came from my dad. And um, I have I used to work at a restaurant, actually, for five years and any customer that would let me talk about Rising Hope, I would tell them. <laughs> so I actually had an amazing amount of support through Waitressing, which was so rare and special. Um, it was a small family restaurant, and I've had many um, customers or guests say that, like, admit to me they have a problem with addiction. Um, so I had amazing support from that and then people reaching out and telling me um, that sharing our story has helped them. So that's what keeps me going inspires my writing. That is, um, yeah, and I get that too. I, I love to write. I love it. And I didn't really ever learn. I have my own writing style. I just wrote from the heart. And it seems like when you do anything from the heart, it's okay. Like even even screwing up the beginning of a radio show, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> if you're just now joining us, oh boy, we had a rough beginning. Um, Leanna, you, <laughs> you are such a blessing, and I I'm just so thankful that you came on the show today. I I, I you never know what to expect, um, you know, in these kind of conversations and. I wasn't. I I knew that I was going to be moved, but I didn't know that you were going to make me cry. And I I sure as heck didn't. You know, you just you make me want to. I, I want to go home to Oklahoma and hug my mom and <laughs> hug my daughter and just. Oh my gosh! Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story and for reading such a personal letter uh, and opening your life and your heart and your soul to a bunch of strangers. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I hope that any of you guys listening, um, please reach out to Leanna, check out her blog, check out everything she's doing, support her, lift her up, whether you are somebody of faith and you pray, like what she's doing is, is, is so challenging. And if you've ever, you know, been in, in, you've had a family member or a friend that's an addict, you know how heartbreaking it can be. And here she is, this woman that she cannot stop smiling and I, it's freaking me out. I don't know how she's still smiling, um, but I'm grateful that you are. And thank you so much for your time today. Do you have any last words for the audience? Um, I just want to let everyone know that stay positive. Um, keep tuning in. This is an amazing talk show. It made my morning. Um, and thank you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and great things are coming in the future. So um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And um, 
well, definitely uh, rooting for you. Definitely will be staying in touch. And uh, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Yay, thank you. <laughs> Have a great- oh, wow. Um, that was heavy. That was so heavy. Um, but amazing. And I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I, so again, we're kind of playing around with different things on the show and we're trying to figure out exactly how we want messaging. Do we want to do a call in feature? But I encourage you. Um, it would mean a lot to me if you would do this and, and for, and do this for Leanna. But if you're on Facebook, um, I'd love if you've, if you have a loved one that's an addict and you want to share their story, um, put it in the comments. Um, I just would love to hear from you guys and what were your thoughts on that interview? Um, not me. I'm a, I'm a jackass. <laughs> I can't even start the show right. But with her words and like I finding the source of her joy and power that coming from her father's struggle that I've never heard that before. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I've tried to do things on my own strength, I just run right into a wall. Like I, I, I don't have that kind of power. I don't have that strength. I've, I've just solely, I, I swear to you, and I'm not trying to start preaching, but I was nothing before I gave my life to Christ. Nothing. Like I didn't have any, I didn't know one to go to because every time I tried to be in control of things, I just wrecked myself into a freaking wall or ended up in jail or ended up trying to kill myself or there's something like, I don't, it, it like, I, I don't, I don't understand that, but good for her. I mean, I wish I almost broke my Lionel Richie mug. Um, a good for her, but. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear like how you felt about that interview, how you feel about addiction. How has addiction affected you? How has addiction kept you from living the life that you've always dreamed of? Like, what is it? What is in your way? What is in your way that's keeping you from being the, the, the man, the woman, or, you know, what if you don't identify as either? What, I don't even know what they call that. Anyway, oh boy, I'm going to get in trouble. Dadgummit, I don't think I can say that. Can I say that? Anyway, I, you know what I mean. I, I, like, what is it? And what is it that's holding you back? It's, golly, I, 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 I want to start writing. Like, as soon as I get done here, I just want to write. Like, what are all these, all of these obstacles that have gotten in my way? And I know this, a lot of it is just me trying to be in control. Because every time I try to control or rush the process, like, I've had more, and I'm kind of spinning this outside of, um, out of, uh, what you may call it. Um, uh, the, like when I try to have timing or rush things, or I don't want to be patient with God's timing, like I just see things fall apart. And when I let go of control and just let things happen, I, things tend to work better for me. Right. And, but that, I, I think a lot of it has to do with my faith. I think, I, 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 I don't know. I just know that when I'm in control, I wreck things. And now I'm rambling. Um, guys, I really appreciate you today. I, and I mean, speaking of timing, like, I'm glad that we're working out these kinks the way that they are, because this would be really, I mean, we're heard right now globally on armed radio, but when we go to the prime time, I can't really make those mistakes. I don't think, I don't think how many, I don't know how many people will think that's real cute. 
you guys that are watching on Facebook right now kind of know that I'm a little bit all over the place, but <laughs> the radio audience is just getting to know me and they may not be so sure about what's going on. But anyway, we're going to have fun. And this is a very authentic and real show. Whether I cry, whether I get mad and curse somebody out and then have to apologize later, it's, it's real. This is like the, I'm like the, the shock jock of gratitude. Is that a real thing? Can you be the shock jock of gratitude? Can, is shock jock still a thing? Anyway, I don't know. I grew up listening to shock jocks. Um, but I don't want to do that. I don't, we're not going to have any like weird sex humor and fart. Well, we may have fart jokes from time to time that, that could very well could happen. Anyway, now I'm just talking nonsense. Um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for hanging on. Thank you everyone on the Facebook, uh, every one of your comments. John, great to see you. Enos, good to see you. All the way from, you're from Jordan. Wow. Uh, Tia, good to see you. Taz, amazing people. Robert, good to see you. Wow. There is a lot. You guys are amazing today. All these comments are fantastic. Again, I want to hear your stories. I'm so thankful for all of you. Everybody listening on Armed Radio, thank you guys so much. Um, wow. What a show. Uh, tomorrow's show is going to be great. We, again, we have guests lined up up until March. Like we're going into March with some amazing guests um, and just amazing stories. And it's not always going to be, you're not always going to feel like you got punched in the stomach. Like usually it's going to be uplifting, but this was uplifting. It was heavy, but it was uplifting. I'm inspired. Um, anyway, so the next, this, this, the next, the rest of this week is going to be awesome going into the next week. Um, for those of you listening on Facebook, we are going to have another interview in a couple hours. Um, I'm really stoked about this. So come back and join us. Um, a real big shout out to SoCo Cannabis Creations. Go to SoCoCanna.com. That's S-O-K-O-C-A-N-N-A.com. Um, use promo code LIVEMANA, L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A. You'll save 10% and get free shipping on the world's greatest CBD products. And yeah, we can ship CBD globally, folks. Um Guys, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for all that you do. Um, thank you for all your support. Armed Radio, thank you guys so much. Joe Rocks, thank you. Mary, great. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Thank you for everything. Thank you for all the support, and we'll see you soon. Okay, we're off the air now. Holy crap. Thank you guys so much for hanging in there. Seriously. Um, that was a, <laughs> that I hope I never have a beginning of a show like that again, but, um, it was fun. So thank you guys, um, for like allowing me to figure out this transition of radio and video and all that. So we're getting there. Um, but you guys mean so much to me. I, I, I say it, but I probably, I, you're either tired of me telling you how much I appreciate you or you are, you, you're, you, you don't, you're, you, you like it still. I don't know, but thank you. Like, yeah, this is, this is going to be a journey. And I'm, I swear to you, this is a dream come true for me. And I'm relentlessly going after this. Like I want this to be a great show it's not always, it's going to be chaotic sometimes because that's just me. I'm, I'm a chaotic kind of guy, but dadgummit, like I care deeply about this. I couldn't sleep last night because I 
care so much about delivering great content for you, asking asking God to give me the right questions to ask the guests so that the message that is that is delivered is something that inspires you and 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 offers you hope. And um like I really care about this. Like this is a dream come true for me and one that I don't take for granted at all. So I appreciate the support, all of the, the, the likes, the comments, the shares, all of that stuff means so much to me. Um, like this is not like, I'm not trying to sell you guys anything. If you haven't figured out, I mean, I'm, I'm a big SoCo cannabis fan, but I don't work for them. Um, they support the show and, uh, I appreciate that. And anyone that wants to support the show, I'll talk you up all day long. I mean, but I'm not here to sell you guys anything. I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to put you in a marketing funnel. And, um, you know, I don't, again, I don't have an agenda. I'm doing this because this is what I've dreamed about doing my entire life. And I want to be great at it. Thanks for watching guys. See you later. For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro colored bark mulch from the Home Depot. Now three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro colored bark mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.